TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show with you for the next hour. Actually, to be more specific with you, for the next 56 minutes and 43 seconds. But who's counting? It's the coach and the big dog producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass. David Olson, we got Olympics to talk about. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Wow. Unbelievable college hoops and the NBA trade deadline. Big Dog, I know you've been following the uh, latest of the NBA trades. Has anything happened in the last three minutes that I need to be aware of? Uh, not in the last three minutes because <laughs> I haven't been paying attention, but something may have been rumored or bantied about. Well, you need to put down your uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and stop banting about and let us know on some of the NBA trades. You are aware that the Chicago Bulls no longer have uh, Grandpa John Sammons? Oh, no, is it official? Did he pass the physical? You know, we're checking with our medical people. We're getting response that it is official that Grandpa Sammons has, in fact, passed the Alzheimer's test. Okay, because actually the only thing he had to pass in his physical is whether or not he had lice inside of his beard. <laughs> so if he didn't, <laughs> the, the trade was approved. Yeah, so the only thing he uh, passed, I believe, was kidney stones, which yeah, was a he- couple of years ago, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you know, that, that might be kind of rude, you know, ripping somebody's hygiene is like one of the worst things you can do to a person, but uh-huh. he always did, he didn't look kempt. Did he? <laughs> you know, his hair was never done. Yeah, I mean, he just never looked groomed, coach. No, but he could shoot the ball and he could score a little bit. He gave us some nice thrills last year. Amari, uh, not Amari Stoudemire, but Anton Jameson is now a Cleveland Cavalier and uh, Zedranus Ilkowskis. Long-time Cavalier, long-time uh, Batman to, or long-time Robin, I should say, to LeBron James's Batman. Do I have this right? Elgaskis traded for Anton Jameson? Yeah, and that's another goofy thing they're talking about. Well, uh, Elgaskis has to pass the physical. Well, mm-hmm. he isn't going to pass it. The guy doesn't have any knees yet left. You know this when you made the <laughs> trade. So why is this even being in consideration? So, <laughs> so you're saying that trade will not go through? There's no, no chance? No, it will go through. Oh, it will. It will. All right, yeah, it's, like, it's like a five-team trade, very complicated. This guy's going to this team. If this doctor gives the physical, okay, this guy to this team. It's quite complicated. I'm not sure, but I think Indiana Governor Evan Bayh will end out on the Washington Wizards. Uh, well, <laughs> I could be wrong. Well, well, that will definitely help their defense. Mm-hmm. Definitely, without question. <laughs> now, the trading deadline is 2 o'clock today, so in your uh, somewhat esteemed opinion, Big Dog, will there be more trades, or do you think we've been there and done that, or do you think maybe some last-minute things might pop? Uh, well, you know, you never know with the NBA, but I, what would be surprising if somebody's actually traded for talent and for reasons and needs for a team instead of just somebody getting swapped for 
for money issues. Mm-hmm. If we actually see a legitimate trade, maybe that would really be interesting. It is, it's a quandary. We talked about that with uh, Brian Bauer, who was uh, here the last couple of days. Big dog Joe Redwanski joining us from his palatial estates, beautiful Aurora, Illinois, a fine western suburb. Uh, our phone lines are open, by the way. You want to talk NBA basketball with us? We're going to get meat and potatoes into the Olympics. Another exciting night last night. College hoops. We got Tiger Woods coming out with a uh, big press conference tomorrow at 10. 888-463. Six seven four eight. All those topics and more. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Join the discussion. But dog, you are so right. It almost goes against our competitive instincts, and I guess the reason that most of us are drawn to sports, you know, because of the competition. Teams are trading, making trades, not so much to win, at least right now, but maybe like two years down the road. Yeah, no, no, it isn't, yeah, and it isn't like they even expect those players to be on the team. They're actually trading these players just so they can release them and clear up cap room. Right. So it's like their way of releasing players. The way to release a player in the NBA now is to trade them. So somebody mm-hmm. else has to basically release a player. So you get somebody else's garbage mm-hmm. is basically what happens. Well, when you say release, are you talking like the Bulls picked up a couple of players from the Milwaukee Bucks, assuming they passed the Alzheimer's test as well? Uh, that are they going to be released right away, or are you talking about oh, they'll no, finish no, no, out no, the no, season? No, no, no. They they play throughout the season yes. and they're not resigned as a free agent. So I'm not technically meaning the true sense of right. you release them and they they just go away because you still would have to pay them. Mm-hmm. So you know you still need some fresh bodies at the end of the bench. So you're basically and it's sort of like we talked about in baseball where teams you know all of a sudden the last month and a half of the season they pick up a couple of players and change the whole embodiment, change the whole personality no, no, of the team. It's completely and not even similar whatsoever, Coach. Well, I think they're, it is. They're, no, no, not at all. It's not even com- – uh, those players are added and they're part of the roster and they're part of your future. Okay, they, they, they Not necessarily. The for, they, yeah, but they expand the roster to, to 40 uh, players. But they're not so necessarily – Well, some are like role players and – but it's totally different because in, in this sense, you're legitimately trading for players just so you they're because their contracts are expiring, just so mm-hmm. you can release them. Mm-hmm. So what what it was the coach like a Vinny Del Negro for the Bulls or any particular coach? These guys get traded to you, and you're still in the playoff contention. You'd like to have some success, have some good times, good times before the season is over. When you sit these guys down and talk to them, what kind of motivational talk do you give them? You know, guys, you won't be with us next year, but you're going to play for us the next 30 games, be professionals, and try to help us win? No, yeah, win this game. It's not like when you when you, when you suit up and, and you lace them up and you, you go out and you throw the basketball out in the court and, and five guys go out there for as a team. Okay. You know, that, that's all that really matters at that particular moment. Okay. You're in the NBA, you're getting paid, the check's going to clear, mm-hmm. so you might as well go out there and give 100% like, uh, and try a, to win this particular ball game. That's so. a good model. They should put that up, uh, you know, how the players at Notre Dame touch the play like a champion today? The yeah. Bulls in their locker room. That's good for any team. Win this game or win the game today. Yeah. Don't overthink it. That's not bad. Win. Well, I thought you meant the, the motto was the check's going to clear. You're getting paid. It doesn't matter what you know what situation you're that's, in. You can go out there and try to win. That's a little less motive. If I'm reaching my hand up as i about to enter the stadium, leaving the locker room, and it's, hey, you're getting paid, do your best, not quite as motivational as win this game. I well, like that. I, well, I agree with you, Coach, but. You know, to be quite honest, if you can make a living just going out and play playing the game of basketball, yeah, really, I, I really wouldn't be I wouldn't be complaining if somebody mm-hmm. was trading for me because my contract was going to expire. Right. Because normally, 
that meant that you got about $16 million or something. Like, right. like Tracy McGrady. Everybody wants Tracy McGrady because they can just get rid of him at the end of the next year. Right. And next thing you know, you can get yourself a Raptor by, like, what I mean by that is, like, Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. I don't mean because he actually is a Toronto Raptor. He actually mm-hmm. looks like a legitimate dinosaur raptor. That guy is odd looking, <laughs> but he's incredible. You so, are, you're right, again, in practicality, and you're even right in theory. Well, I should say you're right in theory. But in practicality, it still runs against, and maybe it's a little bit old-fashioned in me speaking here, but, you know, the, the old team, you know, support the team, win well, one for the team. The, we there are you go. Huh? There you go, Coach. So that's why it's totally different. See, this is like manipulative, and you're giving up players, moving teams. The old 40-man roster, it's the players from your minor league system, the one you're trying to groom and trying to see what they can do. Well, you do know one guy when you expand it to 40 rosters. That guy can run the bases really well. And you know another mm-hmm. guy. Well, that guy can definitely play really good outfield defense, and this guy can get left-handed batters out. And you bring them up, and you can find out if they can play, and it can be part of your system. Mm-hmm. That's what, it's completely different than the like the way the NBA maneuvers. It's you know at least baseball has a little bit of uh, you know this guy's homegrown, and there's a little flavor. In the NBA basketball, your team can tur- your whole roster can turn over in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't mind that part from a sporting front. Bringing up young players and uh, helping out last couple months of the season, changing the personality of the team a little bit because they're part of your farm system. The part that bothers me, and it, I think, is at least a little bit similar to the NBA is when teams pick up you know impact players. A month and a half, you know, at the trading deadline, whatever it is in baseball, you've been playing with one team for three, three and a half months, one group of guys. You've been pretty successful, but now because you, you know, in order to get over the top, <coughs> excuse me, we got to bring in this guy to play third base, or we got to bring in this guy to play right field, and you bring in a couple of veterans who start starting and playing for you the last month of the season, and a lot of those guys are just borrowed players. That part bothers me from a pure sporting sense. Yeah, and and, and you of all people should not have anything like that bother you. It's, it's the beauty of baseball because usually you have somebody like a, a Sabathia or some other player that is at a mid-level team, uh-huh. and and he's going to leave anyways because he's going to leave as a free agent. So those big guys actually get traded to maybe a team of contention like a Philadelphia, like Cliff Lee, like Cliff Lee did, or, or Sabathia was. And uh, next thing you know, Prospects are traded, and usually those are the good prospects, ones that are like in the major leagues already, and you can tell these guys can play. So all of a sudden, the young, I mean, like the teams that usually don't get, to get you gotta keep the great stars, at least they can build again. So it, that's part of baseball, coach. I, I don't know, you shouldn't get upset about that type of stuff. Well, I can't. And you know what the funny thing is, is normally it doesn't pan out. Those big trades, most of the time they don't work. So, you know, that's, you should laugh about it. Oh, they try to, they try to hit the home run, and usually they strike out. I, I can't. I, I don't know if I'm going to get upset about it, but it does, to me, take away some of my enjoyment of the sport. I don't want to make a big deal of it. Bottom line is it's trading deadline in the NBA. More trades to come. Two o'clock the deadline. A lot of people are talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers now with Anton Jameson, who can uh, put said ball into said basket. Big dog, does that make uh, the Cavaliers better? Are they now the favorite, or will they miss? The haircut, the look of the seven footers, Adronis Ogalskis. Here's the question about Antoine Jamison, coach, and it's the age old question. Is it Antoine kinda or Antoine? Like, kind of like, like most around his whole career has got like putting up decent numbers, but he's also the type of guy that never really won because yep. like eight rebounds a game, twenty points, and he shoots like you know like forty three percent. Is that really a good basketball player, or is that just a guy on a bad team who takes the most shots? Good so, point. So I guess you know his whole career he's been. Uh, 
kind of like a guy that never capitalized. So what, he's all of a sudden mm-hmm. on a good team, and all of a sudden he's going to turn into a, a good basketball player? Mm-hmm. So we'll find out. I guess that's the question. Will he finally decide to, you know, like, be able to, like, play within a team and and, and, and all that other good stuff? But mm-hmm. that's, that's the question. Normally they don't. You find out that there's a reason why those guys have played like that the whole career, because that's just the type of player that they are. Yeah, what a so, few games back in his college days in North Carolina. But you're right, at the professional level, not a lot of a lot of points, not a lot of W's, not a lot yeah, of winning teams. Like like Ron Harper was on like mid level teams and yep. he was scoring like twenty four, twenty five points. The Bulls paid for him and mm-hmm. and he had kind of like one of like he shot all the time. Then all of a sudden Michael Jordan comes out of retirement. And Ron Harper's like, okay, my role in this team is to play defense, mm-hmm. you know, hit a couple shots, you know, and they're like. It, it, it was just a guy who got it. We'll see if mm-hmm. uh, Antoine Jamison gets it. Coach. It's a great comparison, by the way, bringing up a little Ron Harper from days going by. That's a outstanding comparison. Nicely done, Big Dog. Did you pull that out of the hat, or were you watching Skip Bayless on the morning ESPN show? Uh, Come on now. You can love it. Are you, are you really serious? <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> I have a little bit. To be quite honest with you, I was watching uh, women's curling this morning. Really? Yeah, it had it had nothing to do with Channel 207. I've watched the men's curling, and as much as uh, my good partner Brian Bauer tried to explain the benefits thereof and how fun it was, that's one of the few sports I haven't gotten. I'm totally hooked on the Winter Olympics, not curling. Maybe women's curling brings a different feel to the game. Well, I got. I have to tell you, this is the first time I've really watched curling, and it is fantastic. That, <laughs> and our team is bad. Okay. Bad. That's all I have. Good, bad, curling. or bad, bad. They missed so many easy shots. Uh-huh. They missed so many easy shots. But they should. They should be undefeated right now. It, it, it's really disappointing. Does the women's Watching team use a dustpan with the broom? That that wouldn't help, coach. It would be inefficient. So right. no, they would. I don't know if they should really add that in there. So our but, United, you know, our U.S. team is. Uh, you're telling me both on the men's and women's side, we are behind other countries in curling. Who are the dominant curling countries? I'm not aware. Well, Canada is the world's greatest curling country. Really, women's, men's and women. It, it originated there, mm-hmm. and it's basically like people who curl in Canada. They know curling is really the true Canadian sport, not hockey. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Okay. They're, 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 they're devout there. They sell out arenas. They sell out 25,000. Come 000. on. People Coach. are not showing up. 25,000 people are not going to a curling center to watch curling. You do realize that you can actually go back to TalkZone.com, uh-huh. two guys and a mic, yes. and download previous shows. So this will be better. You could go back and download this. I'm putting well, I'm I, I, according. I watch this curling stuff, and according to these people, mm-hmm. and, and they have shown. They've shown, like, the champions and stuff, and, like, the, the, the champions. I mean, they have cooling <laughs> arenas, Coach. They're 25,000 arenas. Oh, goodness. Do they have, like, curling stalkers, fans that follow around the top curlers from rink to rink? I can't believe I, I find that hard to believe. People actually showing up in large numbers to watch curling. Uh, I mean, I, I can understand not, so, people yeah. going out to curl and have fun of being a recreational sport, but I can't see 15,000 people watching Coach, curling. Coach, first of all, you, you need some imagination. And, and secondly, I'm a little disappointed in you. I, I, is this your stick? Because think about this. You have... First of all, they're Canadian. Okay, that's the first thing you got to remember about the the, the what is, spectators. What is that state. supposed to mean? Second of all, they sell beer at this this event. And thirdly, curling. When you watch it, the greatest drinking games in the history of mankind can be created because <laughs> you are supposed to tell what shot you're going for. It doesn't matter if you make it or not. It doesn't matter. That has nothing uh-huh. to do with it. But like, 
your whole team like does they like they go you they actually set up the shot so you know exactly what they're trying to do while they're trying to make it so you can wager whether or not the guy's actually going to make the shot what's going to, I'm telling you something mm-hmm. coach curling is one of the best drinking games you can find in the Olympics so <laughs> well, 25,000 people where they sell beer at the place uh-huh. Well, I mean, you know, twenty-five. They sell beer at a bar too, but twenty-five thousand people don't show up. So these people are drinking beer in the stands. I mean, that sounds like fun. But then you're watching a person throw a stone, and then two people with a broom trying to control the stone. I I am not kidding you. I think the most rabid fans I've ever seen in the Olympics, besides hockey. Come on, Olympic hockey fans are crazy. Uh huh. I have been the curling fan. They they they're, they're over they're out of control. I think they're I think they're I think they think they're part of the action is what it really is is probably what's going on. It's, it's one of those drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, so <laughs> <laughs> You should tell that to the curlers out there. Right, our Olympic expert Joe Rodwanski. We come back for the first break. We'll uh, break down some of the Olympic games from last night. I'm assuming you uh, tuned into at least uh, part of it, Big Dog. Um. Yes, I know. I was watching the Olympics all last night. We were yeah. watching the, the uh, Sean White, uh, mm-hmm. watching uh, right. Slovakia versus the Czech Republic. It was good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get into that when we come back for the break. Slovakia! Slovakia. By the way, U.S., I believe, leading in the uh, medal count with 12. Germany. Germany in second place. France in third with seven. The U.S. has 12. Germany 10. France 7. Canada 6. The race for the medals is on last night, Big Dog. A very good night for the U.S. of A, for the red, white, and blue. And we will uh, talk about that when we come back. You go have a beverage now and uh, go watch some highlights from curling. We'll be back in 46 seconds. That should cover most of the highlights from curling. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com and by the way the beginning of uh, lent was yesterday we forgot to mention that big dog got to find out what you gave up for let me welcome everybody back talkzone.com phone lines are open we'll talk some uh, olympics in this segment you watched last night you want to comment on the good the bad the ugly and everything in between 
Well, I guess the ugly is the in-between. 888-463-6748, the phone number. You can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Dog, uh, I know you tend to change religions on a regular basis, but assuming you are following the faith, what have you given up for Lent this year? Uh, now, now, you realize I was raised Catholic, Coach. I'm just surprised you were raised anything. Yeah, but, you know, like some habits are, you know, hard to give up, even though I'm not really practicing, uh, you know, Catholicism anymore. I mm-hmm. have continued to give up uh, something for Lent every single year. Even though and, you're not practicing the traditional religion, and you do that because you think it, it's a, a cathartic experience, if I could yes. get semi-serious for a second? Yes, okay. and sometimes, you know, seriously, and, and sometimes, you know, even though you might not follow a certain thing anymore, maybe some of the traditions are good. There's, Absolutely. There's reasons, you know, so, and, you know, there's something like sometimes you give up something and then you can appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. It's, so it's like I, if I could make the quantum leap from coaching. You know, very few ideas in the years I've been coaching have I created on my own. Maybe a few. Most of them, you know, you look at this coach, you copy a little bit from here, you copy a little bit from there, you grab this piece from there, an out-of-bounds play from this team, a motivational speech from this team, an offensive play. So there's nothing wrong with the, even if you don't follow a specific religion, or if a particular religion, religion has a good tradition, something that connects with you, no problem at all with going with that. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. There, there's, it's very important to be open-minded in issues. Uh, of uh, religion and theology yes. and stuff like that. It's that people are closed-minded and absolutely think they're right. You know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it, it cracks. And then, like, if you even question if they're right or not, mm-hmm. you know, just be like, you know, all you need to have is open mind. They get really upset about that, I've, I've noticed. You know, like, oh, you don't yeah, know. I, you don't know. know. I, I, yeah. there's, I got two philosophies on that. One, you're absolutely right. You can't, you know, hey. Do whatever you want to do. Be whatever you want to be. long as you don't hurt anybody else, you can have your own beliefs. The other side of it, though, is people get so sensitive. You know, open it up. Let's talk about it a little bit. All right, it may be religion. It may be a personal thing. But you know what? Don't be so sensitive. Let's talk about it. Maybe we can uh, both get a better understanding. So I kind of see both. There's a reason why we have people killing each other over which book they believe in, Coach. Well, yeah. That's the reason. The reason is because we're not communicating. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. My book's right. No, my book's right. And they're le- legitimately killing each other over it. Mm-hmm. And all it is is a difference of one person, you know, like one group leaves in the, just as an example, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Koran and the Torah. Just that's the reason why they hate each other because they're killing each other yeah. over Because they think their book is right. Normally, it's sports it's guys talk politics. That. In this case, sports guys talk religion. Nicely done. Now, real quick, uh, what, uh, so I'm not, I'm glad to see that even though you're not a practicing, Catholic, as you were brought up, hopefully your mom's not too disappointed. You got to live your own life, be who you want to be, but you still practice Lent or the uh, experience of giving up something for that period of time. What this year are you giving up? Uh, I've decided to give up giving up things this year for Lent. So it's, it's really uh, it's really been a sacrifice, wait, Coach. But this year I've decided to give up giving up things. So it's, it's I'll be able to do it. Hopefully I'll make it and. Uh, you know what? It's, I, know, I feel really good about it, Coach. You know, I got I got this great cathartic experience talking to you. I was ready for some great philosophy. I was so proud of you, Big Dog. And then you tell me you're you've given up giving up things for life. Definitely. Well, you got to give something up. So that's is... exactly what I gave up. So oh, you had I, me, I, and then I you lost me. Coach. I think it's a smart decision. <laughs> it's a good decision. So <sighs> I don't know if I can buy into that, Big Dog. You built me up. You built me up to a crescendo. I was trying to build you up to the lizard. I'm 
boom, right back down the backside. Mm. I, I, I know you're a attention span coach, so I was trying to make it nice yeah. and quick. I didn't realize right. I was going to get such a buildup. Well, you're right. My attention span is not very good. By the way, speaking of attention span, we have a guest who has been hanging on, and I don't know how long okay. that she can hang on. We want to get to her. It is the big dog and a coach on the talkzone.com. We're going to get to Olympic talk in just a second. Again, your thoughts at 888-463-6748. But joining us on the phone lines, Alexis Martino who is uh, from the new show, hopefully going to be picked up by a major network. The show is called Engaged, and Alexis joining us here for the first time in the talk zone. Alexis, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? What are you giving up for Lent? And feel free to say it's none of my business. <laughs> oh, probably sugar. <laughs> sugar? Yeah. Eh, that shouldn't be too hard. No, not too bad. Not a problem. Beautiful. Alexis, so we know, well, we've talked to a couple other folks. Jim Boyle, who was the director of this fine show, was on last week. But uh, tell the listeners who, God forbid, might have missed one of our two guys in a mic show what the engaged television show is all about. Uh, it goes through the lives of four different engaged couples. And, um, it, you know, it just uh, goes through how relationships have their ups and downs, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's infidelity, sometimes uh, there's just silliness going on. Actors so, or actual engaged couples? Um, actors. Actors? Yes. Okay. So, so it's not so, a reality show, none of that. So it's like a situation comedy? It's actually a drama. A drama, okay. Yes, but uh, my character is more of a funny character, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. All right, now what part are you playing, Alexis? I play um, Sarah. So if it's a funny character, you got to be a bad girl then. <laughs> no, I'm, my character is actually pretty innocent and uh, kind of naive. Mm-hmm. So that's There's something of... funny about innocent and naive. Those people get taken advantage of. Yeah. But yeah. she... Okay. I'm sorry? I was going to say, if Joel really wanted to work on his acting, he would play a part where he's innocent and naive. That would take some tremendous acting. I, I don't know, Alexis. I can't put you in that spot, but believe me, that's a part Joel would really have to work at. Probably, would probably be good for him. What about the, now i got teenage kids. A lot of our uh, listeners have young kids at home. Give us a rough idea, uh, Alexis Martino. What age group is this geared to the teenagers or a little bit more mature audiences? Probably a little bit more mature. Ah. Yeah. That's but, you bad. know, if the parents are okay with their kids watching more mature things, then mm-hmm. go ahead. All right. So if we tune it in, that, that little blocker that's on my TV that I built in for my teenage kids, they will have to know the code word to get to see an Alexis Martina, huh? <laughs> Possibly, uh, yes. <laughs> it's too bad. Now, we don't know what sh- uh, station this is going to be on yet? No, we're not sure yet. We're really hoping that it'll get picked up. I mean, it's a great script, mm-hmm. and it's well put together. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll tell you, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm just really looking forward to this all finally getting put together. And mm-hmm. So has it been filmed? I mean, you've already filmed, what, two, three, four different segments? Um, it's not completely filmed just yet. Okay. Yeah. It's start... in the process of, of being filmed, Coach. All right. Big yeah, Dog, are, uh, you gonna, are you playing one of the parts of the uh, engaged couple? Where might we see uh, Joel Radwanski? Please tell me you'll be wearing all your clothes. No, I, I do like how you ask me this every single week, Coach. It's really funny, but it, it, it's uh, I just, uh, just uh, playing the owner of the diner in town, Coach. An owner of the diner, okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not playing but, the part uh, of Zid- Zidranus Ogowskis, I hope. 
Uh, I'm not tall enough for that one yet, Coach. But <laughs> you got the same hair, though. Yeah. Unless yeah. what else have you been in? If they went from the neck on up, you could you could probably ace the part. <laughs> all right. So you're in the. All right. So this is the show's called Engage. Four couples. A while, like a season would be what six, seven, eight segments. Probably. Yes. Uh huh. I've noticed. Because have you noticed shows getting less and less on those now? I mean, it used to be like 12 or 30. We, we watched Leverage at home. I don't know if you've ever seen Leverage. Pretty cool show with Timothy Hutton. All excited. The new season was coming out. We, you know, we watched it like a month ago. And then like four segments later, tune in next week for the final of this particular season. Like, what? Like yeah, five it sessions? Seems like you have to be on uh, like HBO or Showtime to get more. Mm-hmm. More episodes well, per season. They have a lot of like eight uh, show seasons, too. You have to be careful, like a Tudor season or something like that. Some of those are kind of short. But if you're getting hour-long shows, mm-hmm. you, know, you can have like a 10-show season. That's all right. Okay. All right. Alexis, we got a couple of emailers uh, emailing in. They would like to know uh, which actress you might look like. They're trying to get a visual. Have you ever been likened for any particular actress we may be aware of? Um, I have uh, a couple. Well, one is um, Anne Hathaway. Okay. I used to have brown hair, so mm-hmm. now it's red. But okay. um, Anne Hathaway or uh, Lauren Lee Smith, she took, Lauren Lee Smith took over for Georgia Fox on uh, CSI. Okay. So you lost both of us. So I'm sorry? You just lost both of us. Well, uh, I'm oh. still stuck on the whole Anne Hathaway thing. <laughs> yeah. By the way, email... Do you have a webpage? I'm sorry? Do you have a webpage? <laughs> um, oh, gosh. You don't I'm, have a webpage? Um, well... Okay, now that's what you're going to have to do the rest of the afternoon. Whatever you're doing now, you have to when, when you put the phone on, you actually have to create one right when you get done with it. You'll have oh, to realize that. Yes. Believe okay. me, you'll, you'll, I'm going to like take your name and I'm going to hold it ransom on you. You'll have a lot of two guys <laughs> and a mic listeners in the TalkZone.com looking up that way. Your fan page will be loaded with our listeners, I can tell you. We have one emailer, uh, Uncle Undercover, who would like to meet you. I don't know if that's a good thing, Alexis, but apparently <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Undercover, very fascinated by your work. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, well, that's outstanding. So engaged, hopefully we will be seeing if it gets picked up and you know the exact time and day. Now, you will call back and let us know so uh, our I listeners can tune so. in. <laughs> Absolutely. Beautiful. And is Joel behaving himself? Anything we need to talk about over the air or anything we I've can... I've never met this girl yet. Oh, stop it. You're on the same show. We will meet. It'll be nice. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking You're in the diner for the show. How can you not have met her? Yeah, Coach, you need to pay attention more often, my friend. But it's, it's, it's really fun, though. I got the four engaged couples. Joel's going to be in the diner. I assume the engaged couples were in the diner. Eventually, eventually, but we haven't filmed that yet. So. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. That's, that's to come. All right. Alexis, uh, real quick, before we let you go, as we head to a break, we'll talk Olympic Games when we come back. Any Olympic events uh, particularly holding your attention? Any chance you have an attraction to Yegevny Plashenko, the fine uh, Russian skater? Uh, yes, I am a huge fan of uh, skating. You are? Yes, I am. Okay. I've been uh, watching so it my, since I was a little kid. No, no, sir, are you a figure skater? I am not. I'm actually you want a figure skater as a little skater. kid? Also, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're not because I would have a fixation with you because I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, that's right. Don't mention I, that I to Joel. I love what a figure Uh-oh. skater. Uh, David Olsen. It's Olsen. Like a weird perversion. David Olsen, our producer's like got his hands up. Like, what's Joel talking about? I don't know. Joel, and I, for, I didn't, forgot I should not have brought this up. Yeah, this is the point of the interview where things got no. ugly. 
Uh, now the, the big... Russian guy is talking smack coach. You realize that <laughs> he's like, no, no, seriously, he's like, well, in his routine, he does the triple, and he like laughs about it, like yeah. he really does the whatever the triple axle, and he could do the quad axle, whatever the heck. <laughs> <laughs> that was some pretty entertaining television coach. Yeah, he's trying to intimidate, right? Yeah, well, just watching a Russian guy talk smack that he doesn't do a quad, I mean, it was pretty funny. I mean, if you, you just got to open your mind to what humor is. That was pretty freaking hysterical. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, well, Alexis, we appreciate your uh, joining us here on thetalkzone.com. Best of luck with the acting career. And, again, if you do become uh, famous down the road, remember, you made your debut here on thetalkzone.com. You will Absolutely. come back and talk to us. I'll keep you in my heart. <laughs> Later, Alexis. Beautiful. Thank you, Alexis. Thank you very much. All right. There it is. Alexis Martino sounds like a lovely, lovely young lady. And unfortunately, one that Joel has not met yet. But um, there's always the possibilities down the road, big dog. Yeah, in due time. In due time. You know, Coach, we go through the same question. Because you've, uh, you've interviewed a lot of people from the show. <laughs> uh, you and Uncle Undercover, <laughs> by the way, are going to have to battle for Alexis. I'll let, I'll let... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be battling for anybody, Coach. That's the last thing I really want to do right now and really, and really am up to. Okay. We're going to yeah, regroup. We're going to regroup, get back to the Olympic Games. What's your thoughts on what happened yesterday? We're going to get to uh, the Tiger Woods press conference. Apparently the Tiger is going to uh, speak to the public tomorrow at 10 o'clock. We'll talk about that. College basketball also on the docket. Got a big weekend coming up. Uh, lots to talk about here and not much time to do it. So we'll take a quick break. Our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. If your name is not Uncle Undercover, you are more than welcome to call in and ask about Alexis. Open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888 Go For It. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Here we are indeed back, TalkZone.com. Phone lines are open 888 463 6748. Don't forget, you can email the show at Mike, two guys at AOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. By the way, a listener on the, uh, follow-up show, Joel, had a question specifically for you. You and me are going to do a show following this Thursdays only called the Youth Sports Fan Forum where we, uh, we change the tone a little bit. And we talk about youth sports, everything from travel teams to club teams and, uh, everything involved in the world of youth sports. So we'll do that coming up at 11 o'clock Thursdays only. Uh, all right. Olympic Games, your thoughts? You watched on the TV last night. You sat, you, sat, you took notes. Uh, I watched a little bit also of a big dog. What stood out? It was a great night, was it not, for the United States? Oh, yeah, a fantastic night. Like, uh, 
the favorites all lived up to what they were supposed to do, and then uh, the underdog stories and the uh, and the and then like the great comebacks. You, you had it all last night. A little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, just a great television. Last Let's night. start off with the uh, speed skating and Shiny Davis, kid from Chicago, Illinois. Actually, grew up in Evanston, which is about. Uh, Maybe about yeah, he, 10, 15 minutes from here, but he pulled out the gold medal, took the last lap to do it, right? Yeah, he uh, was born on the south side, and he was uh, so good at speed skate at an early age. Uh, Mom moved him up to Rogers Park so he uh-huh. could uh, train in Evanston, and that's that's what the kid did. He dedicated his life to it, and now he became the, the first person to ever win the 1,000-meter gold medal in back-to-back Olympics. So he's not from Evanston. He grew up in the Chicago area. He trained in Evanston. Yeah, yeah. He gotcha. grew up... Technically grew up in Rogers Park because I guess okay. like by the time he was, I, I'm not exactly sure what age, but it was around 10. Mm-hmm. His uh, mom moved him from the south side to Rogers Park. Mm-hmm. Does it bother so, you a little bit? I enjoy watching the uh, speed skating. It's not my favorite event, but it's pretty cool to watch. You got the the long track, like the 1,000 meter, and then you got that really weird stuff, the short track, where they're going around a small area and they're like leaning yeah, Basically, to, one hand on the ground, one hand up, almost like airplane style or propeller style. It's, that's a weird and you, event. And you have to swim through a bunch of Koreans in order to get in the first place. Yes. Basically, it's, it's unbelievable. Those guys <laughs> come on you, and they, they, they put the elbow in your ribs, and they push through. Uh-huh. And it's, it's actually fun watching those guys. They're definitely, without a doubt, the dirtiest guys out there. And that's that's where uh, Anton Apollo Ono, that's his particular sport, right? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. He's a little pain in the butt, to be honest with you, but he's pretty good at it. And, uh, mm-hmm. The best the best races in those short tracks, the individual stuff's okay, uh, but the, the relay stuff. I, I was uh, just going to bring that up. I, I, that's the most confusing thing that I've ever – I was not ready for it. They didn't explain it well, and all of a sudden they show it, and you got four guys racing around. I thought, okay, it's more of the short skate. And then you got like 12 people in the middle of the rink or the inside part of the rink, skating around, and guys are weaving in and out. Most confusing Olympic event I've ever seen. Please explain. I got, well, uh, well it just it's a relay, Coach. You know, they just it's it's kind of like passing the baton. There's no baton, you know what I mean? But, you know, just a relay. So you keep on going in, and the, so they stay out of people's way. You go to the inside, because when there's accidents in the skate track, because of centrifugal force, they fly outside of the ring and they usually drill the pads. So that's mm-hmm. why everybody waits on the inside. But uh, you say it's a relay. You make it simplified. It's not like a running race where, you know, one guy well, is just nicely waiting. You've got 16 skaters all apparently going inside and outside of each other. Very confusing. I couldn't figure out the strategy, but it was fun to watch. Yeah, well, you, you do have to go inside lane and out, outside. Oh, no, okay, that's the that's speed skating one. The, the other one, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, you do have to get in line. To where how they're coming into the race. Too. Okay. So when you leave, mm-hmm. so you leave in that particular order. It's, it's pretty interesting, coach. Uh, how, did the, how did the U.S. do in the uh, short skate relay? Happened. To I have no that? idea. That, that wasn't a medal round, so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you only watch the big stuff, huh? No, it wasn't a medal round. It was. Uh, well, we, they had. All, yeah. I didn't. They don't. They don't show that stuff on television. I don't have any, mm-hmm. What, what well, did they, you guys do? What all that great stuff was going on last night to get the computer out and figure out what. If they're going to qualify uh, in the in the the quarterfinals, for but the they did show race. some of that last night on TV. I'm not did sure what really? I was watching. I was trying to figure out it looked like mass confusion. But during prime time, with a uh, Uncle Bob Costas giving it to us, there was the short skate relay competition. Okay, that must have been just some qualifying stuff yeah. that they just wanted to get you to taste up because mm-hmm. they loved. That. That's one of that's actually some people like 
the snowboard cross to me was one of the the best ones I loved last it. time. I guess uh, loved that it. was one of the fan favorites. Was the short track relay last time? At okay. The All right. I so haven't. I guess that's fallen. why they're getting it. They're getting it early. Hey. Check this out. Uh, try to build up the interest. Well, you're overall, and again, I'd throw this out to the uh, two guys that are Mike fans out there, 888-463-6748. Joel, your thoughts are, it's early, but through four or five days, the television coverage, the announcers, and the way they're bringing it to you. It, it, it's been fantastic. And, and last night, you know, they've had a lot of down nights, but last night, you kidding me, you, you were able to see Sean White do stuff. No one human being has ever... The two greatest runs in the history of snowboarding he did last night, his first and his second run. Mm-hmm. That last thing, I, I can't, I don't, like, I don't even know what they call everything, but that stuff was just amazing. Coach, I don't really know anything about that sport, but if you watch, like, five guys go down, you can see the guy with the red hair is by far the best out of all of them, and you don't even have to know anything about the sport. It's, it's, it's like, how the heck did that guy just make his body do all that? It's the and, height, uh, the height upon which you watch the other guys. You talk about control. Huh? <laughs> the body control, I mean, everything, yeah. Well, they all had great body control, and what, what do I know? It's the half-pipe competition is what you're talking about. Yeah. The flying tomato, Sean White. What separates him apart, you know, in my limited, limited, limited experience watching the half-pipe is, A, the height upon which he is able to elevate off, and because of the height, he's able to do more twists. And then, oh, two, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly, they're exactly right, yeah. yeah. And then, two, is his uh, charisma. He just shines out there. He loves what he's doing so much. The other guys are tight and a little bit more professional. He is just having fun out there. He glows. He's got natural charisma. I think those two things separate him, and he clearly is the best in the uh, the half pipe. Talk about somebody who wasn't having fun out there, Coach, was Lindsey Vaughn. That girl, when she was at the top of the mountain, yeah. did not look like she was very happy. No. But did you? I mean, the way that seriously, that's one of the best stories that Olympics have had in a long time. She was shaking. She landed on that long jump. Seven women, no, six women crashed yesterday. That's yep. how unbelievable that that course was. When she landed on the really, really bad jump, mm-hmm. she landed. They showed her like her foot. Did you see that the replay of it? She like popped her right foot up and she like skated on one, skied on one ski, the rest of the way down because this of the pain. Because years. of the pain in the shin. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, then, like, she just collapsed. And then you talk about how happy somebody was. Uh-huh. Oh, that, uh, I mean, that, that's a great story. That yeah. was really, really good. Cool. It was everything, everything the uh, Olympic game, not just the Winter Olympics, the Olympic Games are about. Knowing the story of Lindsey Vaughn, how she got injured a week before, how hard this young lady no, no, works. No, 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 that was like three weeks ago. It's a real, real, real serious injury. It was. It's been like two and a half, three weeks since mm-hmm. she was injured. And she caught a break a little bit in the fact that the uh, skiing competition was delayed a day or two. That extra day or two definitely helped her out. It was almost likened to uh, when watching her land and, and finish it on the one ski like Carrie Strug. You remember the gymnast? gymnast? Oh, yeah, that's a great comparison. Yeah. It really is. And, and, and if you don't think she's tough, do you see those crashes in downhill skiing, Coach? I mean, they are deadly. They're deadly, Coach, and uh, and I don't mean this in any sense of the humor because I mean somebody has died at this particular Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. Ice and human beings of speed. There's like, I mean, that's just basically what happens. You can get a lot of speed on ice, Coach, and mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, I could. You, the girls, right? Have you seen some of the accidents that she's had this year and the yes. one that she had at the last Olympic Games? Yep. I mean, that's you. You're gonna be a brave person. In order to be a downhill skier or a super G type skier, that's following stuff. That's all cute and that's nice, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to like break your neck in the slalom ski. 
Even though that's actually might be, you might be a better skier to do all that stuff. She not only had a couple of accidents on the hill and they showed some of the replays of that and some broken bones along the way. She would come back like two days later and compete. And then what were they talking about? She almost took off her thumb opening up. I forget <laughs> yeah, what it was. Was it was it, like a champagne bottle? Yeah, champagne after after bottle, winning, and she almost sliced her thumb off. And the next day, she's back out there skiing. And I don't know much about skiing, but I would imagine you got to have your thumb to hold mm-hmm. on to that pole. So she's an incredibly, incredibly tough lady. You are right. The downhill skiing event, folks. If you haven't seen that, and I guess we're pretty much done with the straight downhill. What do they call it? The alpine. Yeah, the alpine. But well, that, it isn't boy, straight is that downhill, a, but yeah, yeah. That that is a cool event, and it's it is unbelievable. How no. athletic uh, these skiers are to be able to keep their balance and go with the speeds they're at. And a lot of them crashed, like you said, in the women's round yesterday, five or six. But I've become uh, – never was a big downhill ski fan before. I always watched it. This Olympics, it's really caught my attention. Thoroughly enjoyed both the men's and women's. It, it's funny that you say it just caught your attention this Olympics, Coach. The reason why I say that, I was, I was what I was going to bring up next was um, – you know, for for me, you know, a gold medal is a gold medal. If you win a gold medal in curling or you win it in downhill skiing, you win a gold medal. But to be honest with me, it's like the downhill was like the hundred meter dash, or uh, like there's this, there's something. Let's you have to admit it, coach. There's something a little bit more special about the hundred meter champion than there would be about the fifteen hundred yeah. meter. I, I hate to say it, no, no, no disrespect to any of those people. Some things are a little bit more important. Yeah, Bob Costas, I think, called it the, the, the signature event of the Winter Olympics. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's what, what he loved. the downhill ski event? Yeah. I would have to agree with him, yes. That's the most important individual event besides mm-hmm. women's figure skating, I think. Is I was going to say, I think in recent years, the figure skating has almost taken precedence. It used to be when I was young. It was the downhill skiing. Yeah, women's, yeah but women's figure skating is whoever is that it wins the Olympic Games is, is for, as an individual, whatever woman wins that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a guy can get a little bit of the limelight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the pairs can. And then after that, it's the downhill skate. And maybe if uh, a speed skater wins like five medals, they might be able to grab the attention. But it's, you have to win multiple medals mm-hmm. in speed skating to really grab any, type, yeah. or any media attention, mm-hmm. uh, a significant portion. You know? No question about it. I would agree with you, by the way. TV coverage has been outstanding. I think oh, they're great. Yeah, they're, you know, they're not rushing through it, but they're giving you all the highlights you want to see. A little bit of stories. They're not going too much on the storyline. I think they're, it's got to be very difficult to try to please everybody, which is what you're doing with the well, Olympic we, coverage. But... You know, they're pleasing me. If you have satellite television, they have four channels of Olympic coverage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I know is I, I wish I got to see more of the downhill, uh, but well, what can you do? What can you do? So, mm-hmm. All right. 888 Again, if you had any thoughts on the Olympic Games yesterday, coming up today, some good events, too, including the women's speed skating. you got the uh, women's half pipe and... The finals of the men's figure skating, Big Dog. I, don't, I know a lot of people aren't into that. I will be watching. you got three guys that are right there battling for the gold medal. Johnny Weir of the U.S., I think, is in fifth or sixth place. Could still sneak in with a bronze medal in uh, Naperville's. Well, hold on, hold on. Is the, is, what is the rule? Like, if you're, What number do you have to be after the short program? Well, and if you win the long program, you automatically win the gold medal? No, there's no rule. No, no, it used to be that way. Is it still? I no. thought it was still that way. No, I don't think so. Okay, I think it's based on your scores, right? I mean, if if the top three or four guys, you know, happen to have horrible routines, a fifth place finisher could certainly sneak in. Well, there's uh, the 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 way they have figure skating set up, coaches. Like, if you get into like the top five after the short program, Mm -hmm. it's really important because like if you win the long program, 
if you have the best score in the long program, you automatically win in the compulsory scores. Everything together doesn't matter. It's tricky the way they have everything set up, Coach. It's real propensity. All right. Well, okay. I'm going to have to check my uh, Olympic figure skating rule book, which well, I should have read before the show. But uh, I, I'm not going to watch the men's. I could care less, to be to be quite honest with you. Really? But I'm, I, I, but people need to see those Russian guy talking smack about the other figure skating. Yeah. It's funny, Coach. I mean, I mean, it's out of blades and glory. It's out of blades and glory. <laughs> Imagine that guy is Will Ferrell, okay, and then you will laugh. Just, uh-huh. I mean, the guy's like playing a character of himself. I'm not kidding. He's like he's he's like the Arno Schwarzenegger of uh, figure skating. Yeah, he's like a he's like a fashion designer who's like <laughs> saying that he's better than some other fashionista. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good stuff, coach. Yevgeny Plashenko. God bless you very much. From Russia, he is the leader. He's the defending champion. Only leads by a little bit. Naperville's very own Chicago area Naperville's Evan Lysisek. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. In second place, just a little bit behind, he's going for the gold. And then there's uh, the third skater, I think, from China, who is also in contention. And you say you won't be watching Big Dog. I will, strictly because it is athletic suspense, tension at its best. The margin of error for these guys is is so little, every little slip-up. The tension, and you know, all that they've built up for for a four-and-a-half-minute routine. I like watching just for that, uh, call it the athletic suspense. I find it intriguing. Okay. You know what? I, I probably would check it out because you're right. Because if I accidentally change to it, I might get drawn into it. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is I'm going to be sitting on a couch with 15 other – well, not 15 at that point. Probably about eight other guys that night. And seven other guys are going to want to watch the hockey game that's on. They're mm-hmm. going to want some a couple itches take on some Canadians or an American team. So I, that's what's going to happen. So. Yeah, I, you know, I told Brian yesterday I'm joining the Olympic hockey. I will be into it, but not the early rounds. I, I can't. I, I need a little build. You know, everybody makes the medal round, coach. That's that's exactly why I'm not watching the early rounds. I didn't know that until yesterday. I'm like, are you kidding me? You talk about it, so I mean, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't make any difference. I know it would be nice that you don't want to get seated against the Russian team or the Canadian team in the first round. That would be rather disappointing because your trip to mm-hmm. the Olympics would be over. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the next thing you know, there's some hotel room that the that the Americans absolutely destroy. <laughs> you know, for those days are over. Oh, that would never happen in the Olympics. Come on. Oh no, no. Come on. That, that, that was 12 years ago. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. We got still uh, just a little bit over a week of the Olympics still to come. I think it's been great stuff so far, and uh, we'll talk more about it on tomorrow's show, a Friday. Not a football Friday, but a Friday here. The Big Dog will be joining the coach again on Two Guys and a Mic. All right, real quick, uh, only a few minutes left if we could switch topics coming up. Well, two things I want to throw at you, Big Dog. Pitchers and catchers have reported. So oh, I want some quick you can base. Tell the sun is out today, Coach. Sorry. Yeah. Your second thing. Well, I mean, speaking of the sun is out, you could get out there and uh, throw the ball around a little bit today. Oh, is it that nice out? Yeah. Well, clear I'm, I'm clear out a little bit out. of the snow, you know, father and son. If you don't have a son, borrow the next door neighbor, whatever it might be. Bring the mitt out of the mothballs, and uh, this is not a bad day on a February 18th to uh, throw the little white pillow around. Maybe I'll go for a run or something like that, Coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get That's your good. roommate. Get your roommate. Uh, who's your roommate again? Uh, Moisha? Well, I have a couple. There's uh, there's uh, Mahmoud. Oh yeah, Mahmoud. 
And there's well, there's uh, there's Russell, Mahmoud, Cloudy, Brianna, uh-huh. and Kathy. Well, you got five of them out there. One to have one of them put a mid on. It's a nice day to throw the ball around and get psyched up for pitchers and catchers reporting. I know you're a big uh, Chicago Cub fan. Uh, it's early, very early, but on a scale of one to ten, your excitement level. My excitement level is uh, is 100 percent because uh, I, <laughs> we are Boy, comfort at my you, house. You we're, sound we're, thrilled. We're, no, 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 Coach. We're we're tempered group here. The, the expectations are extremely low, so I'm really happy. <laughs> but we don't, I don't have a bunch of on edge roommates because my roommates uh-huh. like live and die Cub baseball. Have you ever seen an angry Muslim over a Cub loss? Have you, Coach? <laughs> I haven't, but it's something I'd like to experience before I die. There's, seriously, Mahmoud goes into like these trances whenever whenever <laughs> they brought in Tom Gorzolani last year because he just hates lefty specialists. <laughs> So, you know, it's... Uh, Mike Fontenot grounds into a double play. Um, you, you know, Coach, when you know your team's going to be bad, disappointment's a lot easier to take, you know what I mean? You know, you, when you hear your bad child got arrested, you're like, oh, okay, what's the bail? You know what I mean? You're like, like how long are we going to have to deal with this this year? It is. It, 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 it's a lot different than last year, is it not? When we were the Cubs it, were picked uh, by a lot of people, the experts to go to the World Series this year. Remember what, what I said about them? I said they're going to be horrible. But I was wrong. They did have a winning season. They were 82 and 80, even though everybody else had them win the World Series. Mm-hmm. Never mind. All right. All right. A little different, though, Coach, this year. I'm not even sure what the thing thinks, so I'm going to actually predict them to be bad, and hopefully I'm wrong. <laughs> well, based on your football predictions, the four weeks you joined us on thetalkzone.com, uh, keep predicting the Cubs to be bad. 69 and 93, Coach. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, uh, very quickly, Tiger Woods, apparently, the uh, Accenture. Match play golf tournament going on in beautiful, sunny Arizona as we speak. By the way, the number one seed, Steve Stricker. I think our producer, David Olson, laid a little uh, money on Steve Stricker. He's a little bit poor today. The number one seed got knocked off in the first round. But the bigger news, Big Dog, is tomorrow, theoretically, at 10 o'clock. Tiger Woods will be speaking to the public. Do you gander a guess at what he might be saying? You know, I, I can't wait to hear what he says, Coach. Uh, I actually had a job interview uh, tomorrow at 9.45 with Google. And then I had a date with Michelle Kwan at noon, but I canceled both of them just so I can hear what Tiger Woods has to say because I'd hate to not be able to find out what he had to say. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause I'm sure it won't be a big news story. Well, I, you know, possibly keep the date. What, what better way to start off a nice relationship than sit down together and watch Tiger apologize? I think it'd be a lovely <laughs> evening or morning. Uh, it's a little weird to start it out that way. Yeah. So, I, no... I just had to break both of them. So I'm not going to actually go and apply for... Mm-hmm. I was trying to actually interview that Google job. You know, they don't need me. Is Vegas putting, like, odds out there? Like, what are the odds that um, Alan, his lovely wife, will be with him? Possibly oh, you the know kids? I, you know, I, those, are, those type of proposition bets are extremely risky. Because, mm-hmm. you know, think about it. Think about it. What if they, they think somebody is upset about somebody? Not particularly that particular instance. Well, maybe maybe Elon and Tiger are totally made up, and they're in love again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And all of a sudden, they see a prop bet like that. You know, she's a little bit away from uh, Las Vegas and Los Angeles. You know, ah. somebody drops like two mil. He, she shows up. Hey, we just made $2 million. Mm-hmm. Sorry about the you're losing your Accenture uh, sponsorship, Tiger, but this will pay for three months of it. You know, hey, there you go. All of a sudden, they're a loving couple again until, you know, he's straight. <laughs> Self-influencing prop bet, if you will. <laughs> I mean, I would be really careful about those prop bets. Like, who's the first person to say, hi, mom? 
You know, if I heard that at the Super Bowl, I would bet myself during the during the national anthem. I'd be like, "Hi, mom." It's a good point. You can't you can't control that. Yeah, exactly. It's tech, technically, it's, technically, it's not cheating. Well, I for one, hopefully. Hopefully, I think most of fans would say this. You hope that Tiger Woods can somehow patch it together and he does apologize and continues on with his golfing career. He's got what, two young kids with, uh, Elon? I, I, right? I, I, I think it's two. You know, hopefully, hopefully they get back together and live happily ever after. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow. Wait a minute. The press conference is scheduled the same time as our show? What? The nerve of Tiger. Oh, I have a job interview with Google tomorrow, Coach, so I won't be here. How about that? Right at the same time, as the, did they not check the TalkZone.com schedule? Two guys that are like, well, we'll be batting a listening audience. It'll be either listen to us or listen to Tiger Woods uh, with his press conference. I get, we probably won't have as many members of the press listening to the show tomorrow. It's coach. possible. It's possible. Probably not as many. Don't kid yourself. Our listening audience is shooting up each and every day here, Big Dog. We're, we're gaining momentum like a snowball heading downhill. That's nice to know, Coach. Yeah. It would be nice to know, actually. All right. But no other predictions for this. So hopefully uh, you think he'll be playing next week? Yeah, he's playing, Coach. This is that's, that, that's, that's how he starts to start playing again. He mm-hmm. comes out, has uh, the, the interviews, gets them done, and then he slowly breaks himself back in, and then he'll be playing within, do you think next week? you think it'll be that early? Possible. Possible. We'll find out at uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow. Hopefully not too many people will be tuning in and they'll be still listening to two guys at a mic. Hey, dog, we got to wrap up uh, today's show. You'll be back with us tomorrow for more two guys at a mic. We'll talk about the Tiger press conference and we'll find out if Yevgeny Pashenko wins the men's figure skating. But uh, stick around now because on Thursdays we're back at you with the Youth Sports Fan Forum for the dog and the coach and David Olson. Thank you so much for listening today on the TalkZone.com.